Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. What's going on, y'all? It's the Morning Hustle with L'Oreal and Kyle Santillian. And we got a guest today, man. This is an exciting <laughs> thing. This brother's going to help us get to the bag. He's the founder of the Black Wealth Summit, the author of Why Should White Guys Have All the Wealth? I know, that's right. Huh? Mr. Cedric Nash is in the studio. Hey. How you doing today, sir? Hey, man, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I love when we have guests like you. Because I'm broke. Let's get right to it. I, I need some financial help, brother. Help us right. out one time. Like this is a beautiful thing, and I, I love that you have these books. And uh, you know, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but I love that you have these books because a lot of people, especially in our community, we always talk about how we don't have the education when it comes right. to money that we're supposed to have. And what you're doing kind of helps us get educated in that space, correct? Well, Kyle, let me tell you, it's not about the education. Okay. We don't have the mindset. Mm nor do we have what I call millionaire values. And that's what the book is really about. It's about transitioning your mindset to that of a millionaire and your value set around money to those of a millionaire so you can consistently make millionaire money moves, which in fact makes you a millionaire. Mm. And so the reason why I say that is my grandmother had an eighth grade education and she moved from Northern, uh, from Virginia to New York when she was like 17 years old, making $200 a month working in a cleaners. By the time she died, her house was paid for. Wow. She had $43,000 saved up, of which uh, $13,000 was reserved for her funeral. $30,000 was given to her three grandkids, of which I received $10,000. I opened up a Charles Schwab account back in 1993 with $10,000. And through investing in stocks, entrepreneurship, and private equity, and real estate, I've turned that $10,000 into millions. Wow. So, the, so it's not... If she could do it off $200 a month, Newsweek wrote an article about it. If she could do it off $200 a month, there are loads of people making $100,000 a year, and they're broke. There's, there's a story that says millennials are making over $100,000 a year, but they're still living paycheck to paycheck. Yes. It's mindset. Yeah. It's really, really mindset. And it's wow. crazy that you say that, because I just literally saw something online that said it's much easier to earn 10000 than it is to save 10000 Yes. And is that because, like you said, our mindset is to what, spend? And it's is that what it is? Yeah, well, you know, there's a lot of forces on it. First of all, if you're African-American and the historical trauma that we've experienced said slavery, our attitude towards money is different than others, number one. Mm -hmm. And then second of all, we're in a Instagram, social media, digital marketing world where by the time you wake up and get to your car, you could easily spend thousands of dollars right. just on the tip of your phone. You don't even need your damn card anymore. Right. Yeah. You don't need your card. So the whole point is, is that marketers have leveraged these tools to keep you spending. And if you already have a messed up mindset, and now you've got all these things coming into you telling you, you need this, you need that, you need that. Now you're seeing your friends on social media, you know, brunches and traveling yeah, and Maldives. Wow. Now you feel like you're not living yeah, a good life. that's my next vacation. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Say, right. You feel like you're not living a great life mm -hmm. because 
you know, and then you end up spending. Yeah. So you talked about the difference is not the education about money, but it is the mindset. Like you just said, what is the first step in correcting our mindset so that we can work towards that millions? Now, everybody talks about mindset and books talk about it. But I specifically in my book talk about how there's three steps to changing your mindset. The first step is you have to change your environment. Mm. You know, if you want to soar like eagles, you can't hang with turkeys. right? Right. So the point is that you have to change. You have to hang around people that are investors, that are savers. Can't hang with shoppers and think you're going to keep some coins, right? Right. The second thing is you have to change your programming. A lot of our programming has been centered around consumerism and around spending. And that programming has to change to being around investing. Mm-hmm. So that's about reading books like mine, you know, watching television content that are designed around growing your wealth and making an investments, as opposed to taking in content that's really around consumerism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Like there's a lot of television shows that are designed to kind of keep you spending. Mm-hmm. And the third thing is it's about your practices. And then it's about time. So it's you have to practice that new mindset until you see the results of that. And then you cement a different mindset. And so that's the process. And if you never put in the work to do that process, you kind of stay right where you are. Mm. And that's just the reality of it. But what about when it comes to, uh, and I do feel like this is a saying that we probably started in the damn black community, is you work hard, so you deserve this. Or, you know, you you should be able to spend that. Work hard, play hard. Yeah, work hard, play hard. So what about the balance? I agree with that 110%. And I write in my book, it's about deferred gratification. And what I mean by that is that I have this process in my book called Creating Your Millionaire Money Moves Master Plan. It's like your plan to get to millions, right? And you document you know, how you're going to increase your income from your main hustle, your side hustle, and your investment hustle, right. which you, that's what you really, really want. And then how you're going to increase your savings, pay down more debt. And then you're going to plan your investments. You have to, And then you're going to plan how you're going to reward yourself when you hit certain goals. Ooh, and you're yeah. going to plan how you're going to give as you become successful. Mm-hmm. And it's planned out throughout your entire next five to 10 years. Mm. So the whole point is, is that I've always used this divert gratification system to buy a Rolex watch, to buy a Ferrari, to buy a yacht, to buy everything else. The whole point is you can have anything, but you can't have everything. And the name of the game is you have to plan. You have to plan the things, how you reward yourself. You can't reward yourself all the time. All right. So let's say we've already been dealing with this, you know, messed up mindset. We're trying to make that change. We already have a bunch of debt, right? I hear you. From what I understand in the books, you explain how you can tackle your debt simultaneously how, while building your wealth. You know, you don't have to knock out debt first and then do this. Like, explain yeah, that a little bit. That That is a huge mistake that, you know, some famous financial people out there got people all wrapped up on paying off their debt. I think I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dave Ramsey. Exactly. Dave Ramsey. <laughs> all of them talk about it. Even yeah, this, this, this new yeah. show, How to Get Rich. He's talking about, oh, we got to annihilate your debt. Well, when are you ever out of debt? Billionaires and millionaires have debt. Right. There's a difference between good debt and bad debt. Mm-hmm. You know, bad debt is debt associated with things that hold no value and that produce no income or don't can't appreciate. And so you want to get rid of that. Mm-hmm. But good debt is associated with things that hold value, appreciate, and generate income. So, but the the point is. Even with your bad debt, most of our lives are spent increasing our debt to paying our debt. We're in this vicious cycle of just increasing debt to buy to paying down debt, mm-hmm. and we're you know having great lifestyle, but we're not getting wealth. We're not building any wealth. Right. So the problem is we need to start investing every paycheck, 
every month. Yeah. Even if we're starting, I have an investment ladder in my book that tells you when you're how to, you know, when I say how to become a millionaire starting from the bottom, I mean it. Yeah. So basically I'm saying that starting with the stock market in high quality securities, not cryptocurrency, not not stuff that's that's high risk, mm-hmm. you know, because they either pay dividends or they're always going to go up. And then you graduate to real estate. Once you graduate to real estate, now if you're interested in entrepreneurship, now you have some capital that you can either take from your stocks or take from your real estate to go into entrepreneurship successfully. Right. Yeah. Not just two months and then you're out of business. Right. Right. And then you can move on to alternative investments like hedge funds, angel investing, as well as private equity investing. But it's a process. But you have to invest. I mean, it's a lifelong journey to invest until you have lifelong income. Yeah. That's the name of the game. And that's the one piece I think that our community is missing is that, you know, like I said, becoming a millionaire isn't hard. It's just slow. Mm. But I have seen some people be in situations where they're like, okay, this is something I want to do. And then you have somebody that swoops in and they're like, listen, this is all you got to do. And then they put their money into that. And then the person goes away. Right. You know what I mean? So I know we've seen that happen a lot in our community. Mm -hmm. So people are scared to put into certain things. And that's why when you said Bitcoin and this one and that one, they thought like, okay, well, this is a little more safe, you know? So how, like you said, cryptocurrency wasn't safe. It wasn't safe at all. all. I mean, it, (laughs) it, it operates on greater full theory. I mean, there has to be a greater fool that's going to pay you more than the last fool did. Right? <laughs> greater fool. <laughs> right. it does. I like that. So, right. so, so seriously. But the whole point is, it's not tied to an asset. There's no inventory. Mm-hmm. When you invest in a company, they've got intellectual property. They've got historical revenues. Right. Historical. You're actually making an investing investment. You're not gambling. And so, cryptocurrency is gambling. And I don't care what anybody says, it's gambling. Right. But the reality is, the reason why we're susceptible to those types of things over and over again has a lot to do with our historical trauma. And our relationship with money and the sense of desperation of trying to get there fast. That's really, really what it is. It's kind of fast, you know, relatively no money and and free and and easy. Right. But the reality is it's not really hard. It's just slow. And you have to kind of be consistent with your investing. And the reason why we have a hard time being consistent is because our mindset is dealing with so much trauma that we're confused about one opportunity versus another opportunity. I don't fall for the, you know, for the banana, the tailpipe trick. Right. I don't do that at all. Right. I, I basically it's like there's this thing called too good to be true. Right? Oh, like this. Remember that thing where people huh. were putting the money in and they're like this week I get a thousand dollars. I was arguing with people like, are you dumb? Are you yeah. Eventually are you it's going to crash. But the whole point is, is that I invest in real solid assets. You know, your money's too hard to come by to waste on things like that. Mm-hmm. And the whole point is, That's is that right. part of that mindset is that I want it fast. Yeah. Right. And the reality is reasonable investments. If you can get a 7% return, I talk about that in my book all the time. If you can get a 7% return or 8% or 10% consistently great because 7% return after 10 years doubles every 10 years. Mm. The problem is we're trying to get rich too fast and yeah. we're we're paying for seminars and we're paying for classes and we're going all over here hoping that we're going to find some gem of advice that's going to just completely change our financial situation. Well, the and secret to build wealth is that. no secret. You never did I never any did of those, that. right? Never. Yeah. I did it because that's the mindset. I had right. four black millionaire mentors or three black millionaire mentors and one white that I learned from that poured into me that shaped my mindset around money because I'm telling you, the mindset is the key. How does he, oh, I'm sorry, I just want to ask really ahead. quickly, how does the white one feel about the title <laughs> of your book? Why should white well, guys have one. all the wealth? Because sometimes I, I'll be talking right. to white men that right. are, and I'll be like, you know how these white people... 
Right. <laughs> we, we did it the other day, and we had to talk around the right. white man in the room. Well, initially, <laughs> initially, they are taken aback. And the reason why they're taken aback, because all these years of Trump in office and this black and white divide, that every time you bring up race, people automatically assume that you mean something negative. Yeah. Well, my book is not about white versus black. It's about the fact that 84% of wealth in this country is in white hands and 4% is in black hands. Right. Come on. And it's about teaching African-Americans how to build wealth despite the odds. Right. Because the odds are against us that we'll do this. And so I'm providing real life solutions of how to convert your paycheck into millions, just like I did back in 1990, I'm starting with $36,400. So now, let me ask you this, because you mentioned the fact that uh, we kind of want to do stuff fast all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, you should start early, you know, be slow, not fast and all of that. But from what I understand, you have tips on how somebody's a little bit older, say like 50 years old, you can still get them to be in a millionaire while they still on this planet. Exactly, Kyle. That's my next book. And you have to bring me back to talk about oh, that. Oh, look at that. Oh, no, okay. That's no, you can open the Amazon. <laughs> but, but the whole point is, is like, <laughs> older people That's might my get to a certain how, age. How do you get to millions starting at 50? Smart. Yeah, because like, older you get to a certain age, yeah. and a lot of people might feel like, a, well, now I don't have enough time. It's a different strategy, and they're right. The reason why 22-year-olds can get there faster, or 30-year-olds, is because they got compounding on their side. Yeah. Right? And compounding is significant, especially if you're investing regularly. But if you're starting at 50, and you're trying to retire by 65, you only got 15, 15 years. years. That's right. not enough runway for compounding. And you're already mired in your financial situation. You got to take a different approach. And the secret to that different approach is three things. It's multifamilies, it's freelancing, or it's entrepreneurship. Mm. Those are your only three ways. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Because what people don't understand, and I'm, I'm an evangelist about this all the time, because I'm not a financial planner and I'm not trying to manage your money, I can be real with you and tell you the honest truth. Yeah. Because if you're in your 30s, you're going to need $8 million, seven to eight Damn. to retire comfortably with no, with no retirement, no Social Security, potentially. You're going to need seven to $8 million stacked. You can't get there by playing around with your investing and going to you know to brunches every Sunday. Right. Damn right? It. If you're in your twenties, you're gonna need probably nine to ten. If you're in your forties, your number's probably six to seven. If you're in your fifties, your number's four to five. Right. So I'm just telling you, th those are tough things. And so we as a community have been so busy making income and celebrating everybody's income and everybody's lifestyle and toasting it up on social media that we have not been paying attention to investing. You make one dollar. We ready to celebrate. Child. We ain't even sign the contract. Exactly. Yet. We like, here's the job. Like, since you ain't even get called uh, back yet. Yeah. 
<laughs> You're right. We do do a lot of uh, gratification before we put the work into yeah. it. Yes. Okay, so what about right now purchasing property? Mm-hmm. You talked about multifamily. Yes. I'm assuming homes, right. right? Okay, so what about for somebody who knows nothing at all well, about there, real estate? Well, there's two things. I mean, one is real estate is the simplest form of entrepreneurship there is. All you do is you buy a place, you rent it out, you collect rents, and you fix things, right? It's the simplest form. A lot of people don't want to do it. It could be a it. headache, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it could be a headache. But the whole point is it's funny that you say that because if you ask, you know, no offense to anybody, Mr. Schwartz or Mr. Bernstein, is it a headache? He'll look at you and say, no, this is an opportunity. Yeah. Right? Because if they mess up my property, I'll just patch up the walls, paint it, and rent it out for 5 or 6% more. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's the mindset piece. In our community, older people have told us, oh, you don't want to buy rental property, all they're going to do is tear up your property. Yeah, that's what I've always right. heard, of course. See, that's a mindset thing, yeah. right? Where if you look at the Jewish community, and not to pick on the Jewish community or even the white community, they're buying apartment buildings in droves in Brooklyn and now in Jersey City where I own property. And cutting them in half, child. I walked yes. in one and the door was at the back and the front. I was like, I, all I did was turn around. This is right. not even a room. So it, it, automated it's, cities. it's yeah. a viable Black thing. Cities. Yeah. Yes. So real estate is a real viable thing. Mm-hmm. I talk about it in my Millionaire Money Moves Supplement Guide because it's, it's worked for me. But the whole point is you got to be patient with real estate. And that's why part of the mindset components is patience. I'm glad you brought up real estate, too, because this is something that I'm kind of the space that I'm in right now. Like I've, I bought a home in one place I lived, but I moved to another city. I decided not to sell it and just run it out. Right. So I'm in that mm-hmm. space. But here's what here's a question I had recently. A lot of people are talking now about the market crashing again. Are we going to have to worry about real estate dropping? You know, what are your thoughts on that? Like if I buy a home today, am I going to lose $20,000 next year because of the market? You know, I, I really don't see real estate crashing, especially single. I mean, single family homes are dependent upon valuations in their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. That's why I like multifamilies. Yeah. Because multifamilies are, are, are evaluated based on what they call net operating income or their cap rate, which is really about the income that they produce. It's like making an investment in something that produces income. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I'm steering a lot of our people away from buying a whole bunch of houses because you got a whole bunch of roofs as opposed to one roof with 15 doors as opposed to 15 apartments. Right. Right. So a lot of people think like, oh, it's too complicated. It's really not if you but you have to put the time into it and you have to be patient and um, you just really have to be patient. But it is a very valuable, very valuable investment, which makes it tough these days because now they're trading at a at a high level. They're trading. They're not leaving no meat on the bone when you buy them. Right. You have to go create your opportunity. But the whole point is, when I was buying them back, and I uh, when I was buying them back in 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 2003, 2000, in Jersey, I could buy buildings and they cash flow. Yeah. It's hard to buy a building and make it cash flow now unless you're doing a 1031 exchange, and you're transferring over. But they're still valuable investments. You just have to be patient. Yep. You have to understand that you're not going to make a whole lot of money right away. That that thousand dollars in profit that you think you had ends up getting sucked up in maintenance and stuff. Yeah, it does. But you have to. It's going to take you five to potentially seven years to get your rent increases up to stabilize your cost to where you're starting to really, really make money. And this year, one of my buildings I bought in 2003 is paid for in 2000 in October. Okay. Right. Wow. Nothing but pure cash. Yeah. 
That's yeah. Yeah. So I it's, it's a great investment. $500 on an air conditioning and heating unit that on a house I don't even live in. Right. Let me show you. I, I, I love that. You know what your mindset I hate should be? I to pay for it in my own damn house. <laughs> right. <laughs> but your mindset should be like, you know what? I'm improving my own property. Oh, yeah. For That's sure. I'm, yeah, in, I'm for it's sure. like, but a lot of our mindset are like, oh, I got to fix this. It's like, hey, I'm improving my own property. It's yeah, like, sure. I'm, I'm I'm investing in my own asset. I feel like, because, like you said, your mindset, because that's my mother. She owns a, a few different homes. So that's her mindset. And every time something happens in my house, I'm like, damn, I got to get the ceiling. She's like, you're literally investing in your home. Like, it should be fine. That that goes up with the value. Your mother's a wise woman. Yeah, she is. She's very smart. <laughs> yep. Okay, we talked about um, debt and not eliminating. So what do you think about credit cards? I think credit cards are terrible, right? I pay my credit cards off every Every I do it every quarter. Sometimes I'll run up like my visa and I'll pay it off every, every and I but I only keep like two or three credit cards. I think you should only have minimally two if you have a business three credit cards. Keep everything down to two credit cards. You go to Macy's and they're like, oh, I'll give you twenty percent hey, off. Hey, 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 that's it. Hey, hey, Macy's is me. Right, that's me. That's but they always say I'm say, an influencer for Macy's. Right. No, there's nothing wrong with Macy's. I'm just saying that if they they say we'll give you twenty percent off if you take this credit card. Yeah, there's a re- statistically they yeah. know you're not going to pay it off. My first car was Macy's, and yeah, I didn't right. pay it. And so the whole point is, I, I deal with like Visa, American Express, or whatever. And then if I go to Macy's to buy something, I use those cards, and I keep it down to two or three credit cards. If I can't manage under those two, then that means that I'm, my debt is out of control. Yeah. And I talk about that in the book. And so a lot of people are not in that situation. I recommend you cutting them up. And people say, oh, that's going to mess up your credit score. You'll repair it back if right. you pay stuff on time, and you, mm-hmm. you lower your debt uh, relative to your income. Um, we brought up a part. Uh, you brought up a part about about my philosophy about paying down debt. See, if, if you get your assets working for you, it will pay off your debt. Right. So I was talking about how these 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 experts are telling you pay off all your debt, then start investing. That's wrong. You want to pay the minimum on your debt. Focus on one. Use the snowball effect to kind of pay down your debt in a somewhat of an accelerated fashion. Mm-hmm. But you got to get busy investing mm-hmm. because your investments over time will annihilate your debt. I've got an apartment building in D.C. If I had three hundred thousand dollars in student loan debt, I could pay that off, and the tenants will pay it back. Mm. That's the most efficient way to pay your debt is through your assets. Mm. But you got to get busy building up your assets so that you can be in a position to do that and not get worked up over your debt. Just don't get it to increase. I love it. So let's talk about the black companies really quickly that uh, then bring in the white guy that has all the wealth. Why do you think uh, that happens? Because we'll own the company, right? It'll be black owned and then we'll sell to a white man and then he'll make more money off of it. Mm -hmm. Or uh, we'll own the company and then we'll let a white man run it instead of one of our own. You know, it's like, you know, that's that's kind of a it's a great, great question. And sometimes it's. Sometimes you have to, when you run a business, like I own a business, I own a software consulting business, right? We do up to 90 million in revenue and, and I have about 300 employees. And so, can I work there? No. <laughs> what? You start today. Right. But the, po- the point is, is that there I'm comes. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I can work out a deal for you. <laughs> we can work it out. Uh, right. Give me an offer I can't refuse. Yeah, oh, there you go. So, but I'm just saying, there comes a time in an owner's life where they want to transition in their life, right? And so they want to potentially sell that business. 
And not only that, um, sometimes by selling that business, they have so much extra capital that they can invest in other businesses. And I hope they're investing in other early stage, you know, minority owner, uh, you know, startups or businesses. I get where you're going with this is that it seems like a lot of our black businesses and most successful businesses don't seem to last. They They end up selling, they end up selling and they don't, you know, but that's big, big. but the reality is if you look at like a Microsoft, it's like Bill Gates owned a small percentage of it. That's worth billions. So they can try to go public, but it's just, it gets very, very, very complicated. And then being able to bring in the, the right talent. And I'll be honest with you, I, you know, my, my, when my business was growing, you know, the kind of people that I needed in my business, they would shrug at working for me, mm. right? They'd rather go work for Accenture or Deloitte or these big firms because yeah. of what it did for their resume and their own personal career. Right. And that's one of the struggles of entrepreneurship that I talk about in the book is that, you know, you know, the A players in tech goes to Amazon or goes to mm. Google or something like that. Because yeah. they have the name brand, yeah. right? So we got to deal with the E players and make them perform like an A player. Wanna, That's the struggle of a of a small or a minority business yeah. uh, that we have, and it's hard to, to recruit incredible talent because they're like, okay, I'll give you stock options. So, do you want stock options of my company, or do you yeah. want stock options from Google? Yeah, you get what I mean. Yeah, you gotta believe. I want to ask you a very surface level. Me living through you question. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I know I get excited when I get a good tax return. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine what it feels like to have a business worth as much <laughs> as yours and get the, have that direct deposit. <laughs> you know, are, 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 not I'll, to count your pockets, but are you able to say what's the biggest direct deposit hit that's ever going on? No, I'm telling you. No, no. I'm not telling you because I'm not willing to share. Okay. As, as a business owner, you end up paying crazy amounts that's of money. That's what I taxes. thought you were going to say. I'm you pay a lot. about right. millions. Yeah. yeah. You get what I'm saying? You yeah. hate tax time. What are you I, talking about, quarterly? You know, I, I don't hate it because I've learned to manage my business to where I put my tax money aside. Right. Okay. Right? That's a great discussion to have because a lot of our successful businesses, they don't run their businesses right, and then tax time come, and they're stressed. But you don't, you don't want to pay penalties and fees on that money. I haven't seen a tax return in like... You don't get tax returns. Well, to be clear, the tax part was just me getting excited. Because that's when I get my largest checks. But for you, I'm just asking about when you have a large deposit that hits, or when you know you got a big check coming in, Mm -hmm. like, I'm wondering what that feels like. I can't imagine somebody handing me a check for $50 million. You know what I mean? I would feel like with you, does it just come in and out? Because you have so many businesses, you don't even check or look at that. You don't don't look at, what you look at is what you keep. Yeah. And my mom used to say, I put that in the front of my book. My mom died when, when I was 19 and she was 52, breast cancer, she says, uh, you know, if you can't manage a little bit of money, you won't be able to manage a lot of money. And what really matters is what you keep. And so the money coming in and then what you keep, what I get excited about is after I paid all my staff and I paid all their Mm -hmm. bonuses out and you see seven digits in there, right? You get what I'm saying? But what's what's a beautiful thing is because I've lived my life kind of modestly and I don't, you know, splurge a lot. I have a few little nice things that I like that... I, you know, I don't start thinking about the things I can buy, mm. right? I really don't. We spend about, the money before we get. Yeah, we, <laughs> we right. do. I didn't spend so right. many checks before yeah. I got them. I don't because you'll realize that once you've kind of bought stuff, you realize that your your the key to your happiness and your peace is really not into those things. It's really right. in the connections that you make with people, with your family, and what and the peace and freedom that you that you that you get from that. Right. It really isn't. You know, another boat, another 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 house, another. It's like 
it ends up becoming really more things that you have to manage than the, than more things that bring you pleasure. Oh, that's oh. right. And so yeah. that just happens, I guess, with age and it happens over time. Um, you know, but you do love to see that profit that you mm-hmm. can, you know, you, and then you can write that check to the government. And then now you could say, wow, I got more money to invest. I got more money to kind of keep keep moving. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I'm, I'm tired of these white guys having all the wealth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, them too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, we've been talking today with Cedric Nash, quote unquote, your millionaire mentor. Uh, the name Not of the quote book unquote, is... that's what's going down. Yeah. I'm a, he's going to make me a millionaire. We talked oh, about exactly. it. Exactly. Oh, no, no, you put quote you. unquote. <laughs> we got we to gotta watch Cal, right? We don't know. Yo, the name of the book is Why Should White Guys Have All the Wealth? And you also have the Millionaire Money Moves, the Supplemental Investment Guide. We want to encourage everybody to go out, pick up your books, and you know, get on the right track when it comes to money. You and know you know what I, mean? what I love about this? You're not yeah. selling a seminar. Right. No. You're not. You're literally just educating our people. And we need to wake up and start to realize that scrolling on Instagram all day has taken away what we should be doing and the education that's in books like this and talking to people like you. Thank you so much for coming to the show. Thank you for having me and for your listeners. Hey, get busy investing. I mean, I have a final chapter. What are you going to do about a Monday morning? You know, open up a Schwab starter account with $50 and and, and just invest until it's like, you know, until you have lifelong income. That's the name of the game. Now he said he's coming back. That's right. He said he's coming back now. And last (laughs) but not least, for the people that are listening right now and they want to follow up with you on your Everybody yes. has an Instagram or a website. Where can they follow you? Yeah, you can follow me at Millionaire Money Moves. That's my Instagram. And then at CedricNash.com. I got free downloads. I have a free Black Wealth Growth Challenge where for the entire year, I'm teaching African-Americans the mechanics of wealth and how to build their wealth. We don't promote anything. We don't sell anything. It doesn't cost you an absolute dime. And I bring in guest speakers that are experts in multifamilies and and, and public storage and in, uh, investing in the stock market. And they come and they they give their time and, and you're not obligated to do business with them at all. Yeah. There you have and it. you can't turn 300 into 3,000. <laughs> Don't believe what it says on Instagram. The education is inside the book. Exactly. There, it is. <laughs> there you have a Hustlers, our new best friend. Yeah. Oh, now it's your best friend. Exactly. No quote, unquote. I love that. <laughs> Appreciate you being here today, man. Thank, Thank you. Thank you for the time.